What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, Feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. Also, don't be afraid to leave some comments. If you're a developer who would like to participate in our Spotlight interview series of special episodes, please reach out through any of our channels. We would love to hear from you. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Under Dungeon is the game for this week's episode. Under Dungeon is a top-down, one-bit dungeon crawler adventure. Some comparable games. So you're going to see a lot of DNA from original Legend of Zelda, even Link to the Past. A lot more from Link's Awakening. And I think some similarities with A Short Hike, which is a game that we did recently. The game was initially released in January of 2023, so pretty recently as of publishing of this episode, on Switch, PC, and Xbox One, so no PlayStation yet. The game was developed by Josian, or Yosian, kind of a one-person developer. His name is Jose Sanz, and he's made some smaller games, nothing that I've ever really heard of. Uh, one of them is called like Alex Kidd or something like that, uh, but nothing that was really ever on my radar. The game was published by Red Deer Games, and they've published a fair amount of indie games. None that I really recognize, although there is one called PID that I recently bought on Switch, and I think I might be interested in playing that. It looked kind of cool. The game was originally released at a price point of $11.99 on Steam, but I think it is $13.99 on Switch and Xbox One, so there is a price discrepancy, I believe, there with console versus PC. For playing through just the main story, if you're going straight through, not doing any of the extras, somewhere between four and five hours to get through this. And if you want to find everything, I did not find everything, but I think you're going to be a little more than eight hours, maybe even up to ten, potentially. Me, I got this game on Switch for $2. Such a steal. I did beat the game. It took me somewhere between six and seven hours. I got a fair amount of extras, but I'm pretty sure I didn't get everything. So no one recommended it to me, but definitely has a lot of old school Game Boy vibes. And we talked about things like Link's Awakening and stuff like that. Um, Definitely sort of that old black and white graphics.
Alright, let's talk some gameplay for Under Dungeon. So the basic format of this game, it's essentially going to have these dungeon crawl levels that are kind of in between these more down levels, like story exposition type. So a lot of similarities with like Hotline Miami and Katana Zero, which we recently did in terms of the pace of the progression. So you'll have these levels where you're doing sort of active combat, like it's on, it's live, like things matter now. And then in between them, you'll have sort of these slower, relaxed type things where you can kind of walk around. And so those in-between levels are just going to be you back at the hub, which is essentially an office. When you're in the office or the hub, essentially you're waiting by the phone for a call. And you can sit there and eventually the phone will ring, or you can just kind of wander around the office. You can talk to some of your coworkers. Uh, you can interact with some of the things. I think there's like a vending machine or something like that. And just a bunch of strange things. You can go into different rooms. And then eventually when the phone call comes, you get like a little icon that's blinking around you, pointing you to the phone. When you finally go and answer the phone call, essentially you're getting like a delivery order. So you work in an office and you're like part of the package delivery service. And so you have to go get the package, which is for the most part, I think, in this one room that has like a conveyor belt and a computer. Although sometimes you don't need to get a package. You can just leave. Um, so it really depends on the mission. So once you get the package, immediately you'll leave and there'll be like a cutscene of you driving a truck and then you'll go to uh, the next place. And where you go is sort of the dungeon level. It really kind of expands what the definition of a dungeon is because when you go to these levels, you could be outside for a lot of it. You could go inside. You could maybe go in a sewer. But it's pretty expansive, and there's a pretty strong variety in terms of what the dungeon is or what the level is. Sometimes you'll be in, like, these rooms that are, like, single screen. Sometimes you'll be walking diagonally between screens. Sometimes it'll be more than just a single screen. It'll kind of scroll a little bit. And so very different layouts. You will eventually be able to get a map of this, and we'll talk about that whenever you go into a dungeon level. And so you'll see that it's pretty expansive and it's not linear. Like it's not like, you know, you have to go this way or like here it splits, but then one's a dead end. Like there are often like multiple roundabouts to get to where you're trying to go. But sometimes you will have to go sort of into these specific rooms to make sure that you can do these things so that you can progress. So as you're in these dungeons, there's a lot of things you're going to come across. Obviously, there's going to be combat. They're going to be NPCs that you can talk to. They're going to be shops where you can buy things. There'll be a lot of puzzling just to progress, and there'll be some collecting. But all of these dungeon levels are essentially going to end the same way, where you have to beat a boss. And once you beat the boss, you will then be transported back to the office hub. So you have some downtime, and then the cycle continues. So first, let's talk about combat. So the first thing you'll see when you get into these dungeon levels is in the top left corner, you'll have hearts that are your health. And then under that, you'll have like these diamonds that are like how many specials you can do, how many special moves. And they'll replenish over time. So if you have a weapon and you use the special move, uh, it'll tick down one of the things. And I think they replenish over time. You can get upgrades for these things, your health and the amount of special moves that you can do. And we'll talk about upgrades. But let's start in with some weapons. So the first weapon that you're going to get is just a sword. And it's not so much the actual weapon, but just the, the attack move that that weapon represents. 
So the sword is pretty basic. Uh, you just point in a cardinal direction and you swing it and it won't swing it. It'll actually just like push it out and it'll sit there for a minute. So it's trying to get you used to how the combat works in terms of the moveset, the timing. There's a pretty good window for your hitbox. Like if you have the sword and you just use it, like the sword will sit there for a minute. And if an enemy even walks into the sword it'll get hit so it's like a bit of a delay there it's it's interesting how it works but it's pretty basic like i said you can do the four cardinal directions you can attack diagonally and this game is pretty responsive and accurate in terms of diagonals which is important eventually you will get other weapons i don't know if i got all the weapons i think i had four uh the sword the bubbles an axe that is like a boomerang and then uh there's like a hook shot so I think there could be more. I think there's a good amount of this game that I didn't get to in terms of the extras, but I really like the variety of these weapons and the versatility. They are very different. I found myself, even towards the end of the game, I was using all of these, and it depended on what enemy I was going towards or what boss I was at or something like that. I feel like all of these have their... There's, there wasn't one weapon where I was like, oh, that sucks, I'm never using that. I feel like they all sort of had their use. And you can switch between them pretty easily. You can cycle through them while you're in combat. On the Switch, I just used, uh, I think, the right bumper. So it's really nice to switch weapons and kind of, if you see a certain enemy that one weapon is going to be good for, like you can switch in real time. You can upgrade these. And I think upgrading just kind of amounts to being able to use the special move for that weapon. Each weapon has its own special move when you get it so this is very similar to time spinner and how like there's like a charge move for each type of sphere i feel like i didn't find all of them because only one of my weapons didn't get that upgrade by the time i beat the game so i definitely didn't find all of them i really like this especially again with the different versatilities of the weapons like their moves kind of match what their normal hit is but it's like more advanced and it's kind of area based so I really dig how this functions. You'll also find items and consumables similar to Zelda. Very familiar things you'll find here. Like there are bombs, there are health recovery items, there are things that buff you, there are things that are throwable. There's a really good variety of items here, but they are finite. When you use one, you consume one. And so if you use them all for a certain type, you'll have zero until you find more of them. This is good in combat because just like you can cycle through the weapons, you can cycle through your items or consumables. Sometimes it's not so obvious what some of them do, and you do have to go into your menu and make sure that you know what certain things are. But I did find that by the end of the game, I was using all of these. In terms of the combat with specific enemies, I feel like there's a good variety of enemies. Again, very Zelda-like. You're going to see a lot of things that are similar to things in Zelda, like the Octoroks, the things that shoot... Um, projectiles at you uh, you'll see a lot of similarities in some of the enemies here i like the simplicity for some of these enemies but i love how they have variety so especially their movement how quickly they aggro to you the range of their attacks some of them are just gonna hit you with something some of them are gonna shoot things anytime that you walk into them you will get hit so again very zelda like with that but i really enjoy the synergy when there's a bunch of enemies in a room it can be overwhelming at first, but I like the challenge of like, how do I 
attack these or like I need to focus on these guys first because they're really kicking my butt or like I need to do crowd control or I need to throw a bomb or something like that. So I really like that, especially again with the different weapons. So you'll be like, I'm going to take out this guy, but I need to use the sword or I need to use the axe for this guy. Some things like when enemies spawn, there's a bit of a delay, so you can't hit them right away. I also already talked about hitboxes with the weapons. It's interesting with the enemies as well because it's very fair. Just as easily as you can hit them, they can hit you, and it's unforgiving about it. But again, I think it's pretty fair. With the bosses in this game, I really like the bosses. Really great design. They're all very unique, and they're innovative. It's not always just going to be like hurry up and hit them really quick. Uh, You're really going to have to strategize with this, and it's not always just like kill this big monster. If you get hit a lot, and you will, eventually you run out of health, and you will die. Now, again, everything's on equal playing field. It's very fair with the hitboxes, but you will run into enemies a lot, and you will lose health, and you will die a lot. I died a lot. When you die, essentially you're going to respawn. Sometimes, I don't know how it's aligned in the different dungeons, but sometimes you'll respawn at the beginning of the dungeon, if like it's an interior dungeon or something like that. Sometimes you'll respawn right on the same screen, I think if you're outside. I don't know what the consistency is there. It's not too clear to me. After a while, if you die a lot, you'll start to get visited by the Grim Reaper, and it'll eventually be every other time that you die. You'll see an all-black screen, and the Grim Reaper will come up, He will make you pay a certain amount of the currency to revive you. You can choose another option, which is to sign a contract. I don't know what this means. I should go back and just try it. Although after I beat the game, I don't know if I can actually go back. But I don't know what this means. It gives me vibes of like Death's Gambit where you have to like sign a contract. But I think that's more story based. I don't know what this means here, but what's interesting is that you don't always have to pay to revive yourself. Sometimes there'll be like a little mini game. The Grim Reaper will play with you. Um, So this would be good if like you're low on currency or something like that. But it's an interesting dynamic here with dying because I feel like you're going to die a lot. Again, I don't know what signing the contract means. I was very wary of doing that, but I found that I always had enough currency to pay the fee to revive myself. And speaking of currency... You're going to get a lot of this currency when you kill enemies, when you clear a room. Sometimes there'll be something that appears in the middle. It might be a consumable. It might be a chest, and you just walk over it, and you get a bunch of the currency. In some of these rooms, you will have pots, and you can break the pots. Again, very Zelda-like, and you may get some currency there. But this currency is obviously to help pay the Grim Reaper, but also to buy things at shops. And at these shops, like sometimes you'll go in a room and you'll just have a person there, much like a Zelda shop with three items and numbers below them, and you just walk up to them to buy them. You're primarily going to get consumables, which might be you know bombs or health items or stuff like that. Sometimes you're going to be in a room where you have an NPC who's selling a map for the area. I highly suggest you buy this each time. It's pretty cheap. But other than that, you will run into some NPCs. Sometimes you're just going to find one on screen that you're not sure is an enemy or not. But once you approach them and realize that they're not aggroing, you can just go up to them and then the icon to talk will be there. Most of the time, they're just going to give you insight for the area. Sometimes they're just going to say something random that's kind of funny. Sometimes they will give you sort of side quests to do, which is interesting because a lot of them have to do with collecting things. 
I didn't realize there was collection in this game until I randomly walked over an item and all of a sudden a fraction appeared on the screen, like one out of five or three out of five or two out of ten. Essentially, there is this vague tracking of certain collectibles. Sometimes, like I said, it's related to an NPC quest. Sometimes I just walked into a random item and I hadn't had any NPC tell me about anything, but I was collecting them. Typically, this is within one dungeon. If you walk into something and it says one out of five, like you have to collect them all in that dungeon. Also, in these dungeons, you're going to run into puzzles. And they're going to be maybe puzzles to just pass through this room where you have to reach the boss or something like that. Or sometimes it's going to be just to get rewarded with something. And speaking of rewards, as you do things in this game... You're going to get some special items. Some of them are going to be like specific things that really help you, like boots to run. If you hold one of the triggers, at least on Switch, you're going to get an item that allows you to jump. And it's very similar to like a rock's feather from Link's Awakening. This also reminds me of a short hike because you will get a lot of items in your inventory that are like special items. But some of them don't really do anything. Some of them are just for show. Some of them give you boosts. But you will have a good amount, like the boots and the jump ability that are... I don't know if like you have to get them. I think you need to be able to jump to progress in the game. I don't know if you need the boots to run or if you just happen to run into them with the quest. Also, as a reward, you're going to get upgrades, like I said, to your health and your specials. Essentially, when you get an upgrade to something, like it'll just you'll get another heart or you'll get another diamond that allows you to do another special move. In terms of the game overall, I really think there are some solid synergy loops. Like I said, with the combat, the basic enemies just compounded on one another. Again, a lot of these enemies are going to be things that you recognize, things that you've dealt with before if you've played Zelda. But when you have a lot of these working at the same time and doing their varying movements and shooting projectiles, it can be a lot. And I like the challenge. Exploring for upgrades and quests, I think, is also something that's really good here. It's something that I wish I did all of. I think I definitely missed some things. I don't know for sure how many. But I also like, just in general, the game as you progress is constantly adding to the gameplay repertoire. Like, you're going to have these sort of areas in some of these dungeons where you're doing, like, little mini games. Or the gameplay changes very interestingly just for a small bit. And so I like that it's constantly throwing fresh things at you. It never stales as you go through this game. It's not just like all combat and you're getting your butt kicked. It has really interesting or different things that you're doing that I often found myself just kind of smiling and chuckling about. So really like sort of the pace of that and and all the different things they introduce. Let's talk about the vibe of Under Dungeon. So from a visual perspective, like I said in the beginning, this is a one-bit game. I don't actually know what that means, but I'm telling you that the game is black and white, and this looks like it belongs on a Game Boy, like original Game Boy. When you first see this, especially if you're someone who's playing a lot of modern games, it's going to be pretty jarring, but after a little while, you will adjust, especially if you've played Game Boy before. I think that'll come right back to you, and you'll be pretty comfortable with this. So 
looks like a Game Boy game, looks a lot like Link's Awakening, like in black and white, maybe even vibes of the original Pokemon games. Very charming in terms of like the characters and the enemy mannerisms. Like as they're standing there or as they're walking, you just see them move in interesting ways. And even your main character is super interesting and will have a lot of emotional expressions. Like you'll see the characters like tired or or upset or something like that. Related to the gameplay, I talked about hitboxes. Like I said, it's very clear for you. It's very sort of fair, but visually it's also clear for you and the enemy. But like I said, it can be unforgiving. But as soon as you touch an enemy, you're going to get hit. So it's pretty true to how the visuals show it. In terms of audio, I really like the music in this game. Very Shovel Knight and also a little bit of Dicey Dungeons, kind of like what Chips L was doing. Obviously, because it's it's visually inspired by a Game Boy, the music would sound very similar. Also, the sound effects definitely sounds like you're playing a Game Boy game. All the enemies, their sounds that they're making whenever you hit one or you get hit by them. When you die, there is a sound that happens that is almost, I think at this point, like a trigger for me. It sounds like like a very retro, like falling. It's just like, and it's, oh, when I hear that sound, I get so, like, I can't believe I died there. And it's just unforgiving with that sound. In terms of general themes in the game, like I said, you're working for kind of this delivery service. You're in an office in the in-between levels. And so you're doing shipping and delivery. And I just like how it's so matter-of-factly. Like you're just eh, another day at the office, but then you go and you have to like fight these things or you're dealing with some crazy stuff. It does have vibes of like something's a little off here. I get vibes of like Pokemon and Team Rocket. I don't want to spoil too much, but just be aware of that. There's some really interesting things. The characters in general, all the characters are different animals. Um, But there's no jokes or no allusion to it. It's just like, yeah, your main character is a cat. Yeah, and this guy in the office is a fox, and he's sitting there drinking coffee. Like Again, it's in like this one bit black and white, but it's interesting how much detail you're getting, and like you can visualize like that is an animal. That's a different animal, and it's just like everybody's going about their business. It's animals at the office. The game is just silly. I smiled a lot while playing this game. I really like the writing and the dialogue. It's super modern, but not too edgy it's just like matter of factly i really dig it and eventually there'll be some kind of breaking the fourth wall playing a game Uh, it definitely recognizes that it's a game boy game or or trying to allude to that Um, but overall really really like the themes and just the general feel of the game Let's wrap up the conversation about Under Dungeon. I really like this game. It really caught me off guard. I saw it on sale for $2, but it had this like very old kind of jarring Game Boy vibe to it. But I really dug a lot of the vibes. The game is super challenging. 
But again, if you're someone who played the original Zelda or Link to the Past or like if you know challenge like that, I think you'll be fine. It will be challenging, but I think the reward will be there for you. Definitely the best Game Boy game I've played in a while. Again, a lot of charm, a lot of vibes from Zelda, a lot of things that you will see as paying homage, but also very unique on its own. And I like that. I love the humor, the silliness. It's such a great and simple game, especially in terms of the gameplay, like the combat strategy. It doesn't overwhelm you with tools or items. It gives you a specific amount. Everything is intentional. It's not, there's not a lot of throwaway stuff. Everything is able to be utilized. It puts you in pretty basic situations of just like a room filled with enemies, but also strategically placed and combined, like putting specific enemies together. You can see why they did that. The game is great for exploring and doing extras. Again, I didn't do everything, but I still think there's a fair amount here if you want to do more. It's not an overwhelming adventure, but at the same time, it is nice and linear. Like, you don't have to worry about being overwhelmed by, like, this big overworld or where do I go next. It's pretty obvious where you're going. And playing this game, honestly, I just wanted to keep going. I really enjoyed playing it. Loose ends with the story or dialogue or getting used to using a new weapon and wanting to put it in action. Um, just everything kept me to continue playing this game, and I really... I really enjoyed that. I got this for $2. This is an amazing $2 value. Anytime you see it on sale under $10, I would say definitely get it, especially if you're somebody who grew up playing Game Boy. You'll be right at home with this game, and you'll be surprised at how modern it is despite how it looks, especially with the gameplay. I think it'll be really worthwhile for you. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.